All right, Eric, are you ready to guess what strange version of Santa I have queued up for you? I'm all set. <laughs> I will summon up all of my knowledge of cryptids and all of my hatred of Santa Claus and try and do justice. So you're you're just going to guess where you think, what, 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 what area of the world or country specifically you think these these things are from. All right. So okay. we'll start with we'll start with and. I'm going to butcher all of these names. So we're just going to go with the best that I, the best that I pronounce them is what we're going to roll with. Okay. So this is the Joltamten, a creature traditionally dwarf-like being with the appearance of a garden gnome. Uh, they guard farmhouses from bad luck, although they were originally associated with the devil. Modern legend has conflated them with Santa Claus. This is the Joltolten? Joltomten. Joltomten. Uh, I'm going to say Denmark. Am I anywhere close? It is, in fact, Sweden. Oh, okay. Not too far off. So you were pretty close. But but I'm not going to give you too much credit because a lot of these are all going to be in pretty much the same area. So you don't get that much credit. How about the Sinterklaas? Oh, Jesus Christ. This version of Santa most resembles St. Nicholas, the patron saint of children, an inspiration for modern Santa Claus. He comes riding into town on a white horse wearing a tall red bishop's hat and wielding a jeweled staff. He also has a companion named... He has a companion named Grumpus. Can you use it in a sentence? <laughs> and wh- what's his name? Sint- Sinterklaas. Sinterklaas. There's a lot of there's a lot of A's in a this lot one. Of A's. Belgium. Sorry, this uh, this version of Santa is from the Netherlands. Oh. <laughs> like I said, I can't give you too much credit because they're all so many versions of Santa are from the same area of the world. It's so funny, like, there's such a small space <laughs> to contain so many different Santa Clauses. How about this one? This one, the name might give give it away, but this is not really a, a Santa alternative. Or, well, it's not really a Santa analog, but more of a Santa alternative. This is uh, the Christ Kindle. <laughs> a benevolent gift bringer who leaves presents for good children on Christmas Eve, much like her more famous counterpart, Santa Claus. Oh, it's a lady. Uh, she usually she usually appears wearing a crown and long curly blonde hair. She's basically an angel. Is, is this is this a Sweden joint? This is not. Damn it. Fucking lady Santa. <laughs> the Christkindl can uh, be found in Austria, Switzerland, and Germany. Oh, Germany. Germany. I thought the, the Kindl part would, uh, <laughs> would get you. <laughs> I was trying to remember where Kindle comes from. <laughs> all right. All right. I don't know if you're familiar this one, familiar with this one, but just let me get through the whole, just the whole description. Because even if you know where it's from, it needs to be put out into the universe some more. Okay, okay. Perhaps the most fun-loving figure on this list, Tio de Nadal, is a log with a painted-on smiley face who defecates presents. <laughs> no! <laughs> Children place Tio de Nadal under the Christmas tree and feed him nuts and dried fruit in the days leading up to Christmas while ti- simultaneously keeping him warm under a blanket. On Christmas Eve, the children beat him with sticks and sing a graphic song about bodily functions. And the next morning, they find that he has pooped out a bunch of presents for him. Oh, boy. <laughs> All right. Tio makes me think somewhere South America. I'm going to say a complete guess of Argentina. 
That would have been a good guess, except it's from the original Spanish country of Spain. Fuck. <laughs> We're still in Europe. We're still in Europe. But, dude, you and everybody listening has to... <laughs> Look up Tio de Nadal. You have to look up this crazy log. It's just a log. <laughs> it's a log with a smiley face. So it's a log that they feed nuts and then it shits presents? Yes. Oh, jeez. They couldn't even log. come up with a dude. He's just a, it's just a fucking log. He's just a log with a face and he poops <laughs> present. Oh, no. Okay, okay, we'll end on the fucking shit log. <laughs> I should have saved him for later. What's his name again? Oh, Tio de Nadal. So, Tio de N-A-D-A-L. Man, what a trooper that guy is. And Merry Krampus and Happy New Scare. Thank you for joining in. For, yeah, right? Good stuff. I've always got... I'm, I'm trying to get a bit for every episode. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to the, to the Devil's Cut podcast and all things horror podcast. I'm your host, Matt Young, here with me today, as always, is my co-host, Eric Rossi. How you doing today, Eric? Uh, I'm okay. I'm I'm pulling on all of my <laughs> Christmas spirit that I can dredge up from the depths. Oh, the holidays, the holidays are rough. I am Scrooge. I am the Grinch. <laughs> I hate Christmas. I hate everything about Christmas. Boo! Christmas sucks nards, and <laughs> if any of you out there are talking to your boomer parents who are like, they're waging a war on Christmas. They're talking about me. <laughs> I will be encroaching Halloween on Christmas every day, every year I can. <laughs> Eric is the war on Christmas. <laughs> I'm coming for fucking Thanksgiving. Just you wait. He's coming with his sidekick, the shitting log. Oh, no. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. But, uh, but you know what? It, that's fair. I'm, I'm the, I've never been the biggest Christmas person either. But you know what is nice about Christmas? We can still have... Themed horror movies. It's like almost the best kind of way to celebrate Christmas because it kind of defecates all over the fun, you know, joyous spirit of Christmas with Santa Claus murders, children in peril, killer gingerbread people, uh, monsters eating children. Yeah, that's see, that's what I'm saying. It, it, <laughs> You like to shit all over Christmas, which is why the shitting smiley log is perfect for you. I think he's my new Christmas deity. I think he. I think that's your the new tradition. Well, I'll get you. Uh, I'll get you a, a pooping log for Christmas. Let's get some reading materials on the shitting <laughs> log. I like that. Go Spain. Go Spain. Yeah. If anybody, any listeners out there, got any more info on on the pooping log, please, please <laughs> hit us up on Twitter. I need to know everything I can. Uh. So. So yeah. This is a uh, another another like relaxed fit episode of the devil's cut uh last last episode we did we kind of broke down uh, a the survival horror genre we kind of made up a genre and and then broke it down with some examples of our own same here we're not really going to cover like a full-on movie review this week we're just going to chat about uh some some christmas christmas scares 
I think you saw a uh, a new one recently that you can tell me about real quick, huh? Oh yeah, I saw the most required viewing of this Christmas season, which is the mean one. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Dr. Seuss's The Grinch uh, themed horror slasher parody? It is fucking bonkers, this thing, dude. <laughs> First of all, I could not believe that this movie was getting a theatrical release, let alone a theatrical release right down the road from me. I had a lovely viewing of the movie to pretty much myself. Me and Tiff went, and I think there was one other guy in the theater, and it was fantastic. You know what? The fact that there was just one other guy just seeing this movie all by himself is kind of a little bit disturbing, if you ask me. Uh, I mean... I would be him. <laughs> <laughs> but it is pretty crazy that it has a theatrical release. But I feel like we're going to be getting a lot of these because is is this part of the did the Grinch recently become public domain? Uh, I'm not sure what the exact. Um... I'm I'm wondering if this was because we're getting a we're getting um, Winnie the Pooh Blood and Honey is coming out in 2023. Because Winnie the Pooh just recently came into public domain. So I'm wondering if we're going to get like a slew of uh, horror versions of classic children's characters like coming up in the next few years. I mean, I hope we do. Because now because now we're just able to work with them, you know, so I think I, this one's more so just like fair law, like parody because mm. uh, they, they have to change like all of the names for stuff. Did they call him the Grinch in the movie? No. They call him the mean one exclusively. Oh. Um, there is a couple times where, like, a character will be leading up in a rhyme scheme. The structure of the dialogue and the rhyme <laughs> scheme to where, like, the next word is definitely Grinch. Uh, and there's, like, a scene stopped. where they're... Yeah, there's, there's a scene where they're in the bar and, like, one character's talking to the other and gets immediately interrupted right before he says Grinch and the bartender's like uh, last call for Mike Finch I got two shots for Mike Finch and like oh. they they try to like <laughs> you know kind of toe the line and get around it like there's a there's one character uh, he's like kind of like a Santa Clausy looking older guy whose wife was murdered by uh, the mean one his name is Dr. Matthias Zeus. Uh. <laughs> so they go shorthand and call him Dr. Zeus. It's pretty funny. They did, they did a lot wow. of, you know, just subtle changes. Um, but the plot follows, uh, you know, our main character, Cindy, you know who. Oh my God. They actually, it, that's what they call her in the movie. Yeah. It's, it's very tongue in cheek. It's, it's pretty funny. She witnesses her mother uh, as a child murdered by the mean one. Oh, just like the flash uh, who looks exactly like the Grinch. He just looks like the Grinch. If From, like, like the Jim Carrey one around in the mud. Yeah. With like Oscar the grouch. Like he looks fucking disgusting. So she gets institutionalized uh, because the whole town <laughs> thinks she's crazy. She's like, <laughs> they a pulled green like man a... came in. <laughs> they did like that Alice, the American McGee's Alice on her. They put her in an asylum. Yeah, yeah. So they institutionalize her. She works through some trauma and she, you know, grows up. She's kind of a full grown adult and they release her with the, uh, I guess, therapy. Uh, it instructions of going back to newville which is where they live oh i see 
uh, and uh, try to work through her Christmas trauma. Um, so her and her dad go back to Newville. Right off the bat, they find out, like, pretty much Christmas is, like, illegal in Newville. Like, the cops are like, you can't have any decorations on your cars. You know, the nobody in town really sells decorations. Nobody really does any celebrating. So they completely ignore all that and immediately decorate their, you know, her childhood home covered in fucking every Christmas decoration you could fucking think of. And then pretty much immediately her dad gets killed by the mean one. And she witnesses it. <laughs> so <laughs> so this one's really told from the perspective of of C- the Cindy Lou Who analog. Yeah, Cindy, you know. Because, like, most Grinch tales kind of follow the Grinch. Oh, no, you know? this is a Cindy, this is a Cindy movie. Uh, and then, and so he plays more of, like, a, a, a traditional slasher role where he's more like the Jason where he's creeping on the outskirts of the he movie. Plays- more like a fucking looney tune it's crazy he like doesn't there's like no amount of physics and space time that can contain this man the whole oh. consent is that anyone who celebrates like shows any sort of christmas cheer or anything in newville it like summons the the mean one to them oh he's like a krampus like a sixth sense yeah he just like shows up and he's like oh y'all doing christmas dead <laughs> And he like wait, wait. <laughs> bounces around like a fucking Looney Tune. He's like over here. He's teleporting over here, stabbing somebody with an icicle. He's jumping over here and shoving an ornament down someone's throat. He, it's it's pretty fucking brutal, but it's it's so goofy. It's like <laughs> what's his like most his most used weapon of choice, or is he just like? A different kill every time, kind of killer. He's he's a multi-purpose kind of guy. Lots of stabbings going on. There's mm. more sharp objects around Christmas than I I thought there was. There's a scene where he <laughs> takes out an entire like Santa Con worth of people at a bar. Like this is this is not like a one two three little kill movie. Like he's mm. ripping shit up all over this thing. Okay, well here's my other here's my other question. So does this? So obviously they have to take some liberties, and they can't like specifically. St- state you know certain susian things but like are they trying to tell me this takes place on earth or is it clear this takes place on like some other planet like do these people look like who's oh no no no. these are just normal ass people everything about this world is normal except for the mean one and the comically Uh large photoshopped mountain in the background of the mountain range that looks (laughs) the grinches the jim carrey grinch mountain yeah it's it's amazing what a weird amalgam oh yeah it's 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 so bizarre to go like oh yeah this is in the normal world (laughs) (laughs) is it kind of like you know that like in uh edward scissorhands where you have just like that like like uh pastel (laughs) town with that just like evil painted (laughs) like monstrosity of a mountain with a mansion on it like looming over them (laughs) the town itself is a little bit like more normal that's just so weird it's like everything is normal except that there's a gigantic cartoonish mountain in the background where the mean one lives and nobody celebrates christmas because every year since her mom uh there's been like a killing and there's like a police cover-up involved oh my god yeah they're trying to keep it under wraps so that they don't have to deal with the mean one i guess i wouldn't want to either if you can see this movie i promise you you won't have a bad time it's so 
fucking goofy. The humor just misses the mark enough that it's actually funny again. You know what I mean? Like, it's so cheesy. Oh, it loops back around. Yeah, it's like softcore porn and Hallmark TV, like, TV movie levels of acting. It's so fucking funny. Now, one thing I have heard about this movie uh, on the negative side is that they do use, like, all the blood is CG. Is CG. I've never, I don't think I've ever seen a movie where they use exclusively CG blood. Like, there's no way it could have been cheaper to do all CG blood than it could have been to come in and throw ketchup at people. Like, it's not the type of movie where I need to see the most realistic blood of all time. But, like, I'm talking about, like, right out the packet texture brushes of blood, like, across the screen. Like, so weird. That is a weird choice. You know, like, I mean, I guess it it has to save money, right? Like, it has to be cheaper. I don't know how it could be. Well, I mean, I guess the the reason it is is because it looks terrible, right? Like. Yeah, that's why it's yeah. cheaper. The only, the only reason to me that they would do it is because it must be cheaper than cleaning up all of the blood that they would have needed uh, to use. Right? That's yeah, the only think, thing I could think of. Yeah, you never think about the cleanup. But yeah, all of the shots look like they're, you know, either camcorder footage, an intro to TV production class filmed, or like a soap opera. Like, they're so fucking funny. Spoilers, I guess, for, for the mean one, because I... I'd, I'll still watch it. I don't need to uh, <laughs> go in blind. Do we have a new a new final girl with Cindy You-Know-Who? Oh, yeah. Cindy You-Know-Who has, like, a third act where she gains her resolve and her conviction and just, like, becomes Rambo. She has, like, a huge montage where she learns how to shoot a gun. She, like, she's boxing a heavy bag that looks like the Grinch in her backyard. She's filling ornaments up with explosive liquids. She's, like, completely uh, Kevin McAllistered out, like, ready to fight the Grinch at the end. And she's, like, knife-fighting him. Oh. Her gun has a peppermint, like, paint job. Like, it's hilarious. That's great, though. I You love to see that. So is, does the, like, how, how do I, so the mean one, we'll just call, it's the Grinch. So does the Grinch in this have, like, his screen presence? Is he kind of like a, does he have dialogue? Is he like a Freddy Krueger type? Oh. Or they go to the, do they, do they go away from the Jim Carrey version? I'm telling you, dude, he's a straight up Looney Tune. He's like bouncing around. It's a bunch of physical comedy. He's really goofy. He's really over the top, like. He's playing directly to the crowd, directly to the camera. Like, he's having a real Oh, good he's time. like the Deadpool yeah. of the, uh, yeah. gotcha. He's, okay. like, sneaking around <laughs> on his, like, fingers and toes, like, in the, like, cartoon. Like, it's... <laughs> it, they did a really good Grinch. I, I would say, if, if you can't go see this in theaters, this is gotta be coming out on some sort of streaming service. When it does, I'll definitely post it like on the Twitter uh, and Instagram so people can find it. This is a hilarious movie to get like the whole family around and or you know a bunch of friends and go through just, have a just jam out and just jam it. out. Yeah, it's it's so funny. <laughs> yeah, there's no way this thing isn't coming to like fucking Tubi or something any day now, right? Like it, come on. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's only going to be in theaters for like another like twenty minutes tops. <laughs> there's no way. <laughs> There's no way it's going to stick around for too long. Uh, I, I hope it makes more money because I'd like to see what else these people do. It's uh, XYZ Films uh, collaborating with Sleight of Hand Productions and Amy Rose Productions. Yeah, do we have – you got any other specs on this bad boy? 
Yeah, it is directed by Stephen Lamort. Screenplay by Flip Kobler and Finn Kobler. Starring David Howard Thornton as the mean one. And Crystal Martin as Cindy You-Know-Who. It is suffering at the box office currently. Oh, <laughs> um, no. As, as of now, uh, which is, what's today? The 19th? T- tell me, what's the, uh, how much money? $442,000. Did you say how much it co- cost to make? I haven't found any production cost, but... Because for all you know, with all the money they saved on that CGI blood, they might be making a killing with this movie. Yeah, they could be bathing in it right now. I'm not sure, but I, I hope more people go see it. Um, It's it's a good time. Here's Here's the thing. Here's the thing. Did you so you found that you found the the performance of of the mean one uh, compelling? I think it's honestly worth the price of admission just to see like the the Grinch mean one character like jumping around like a nut job. Well, if you if you appreciate him, then you'd be interested to know that David Howard Thornton is also Art the Clown in the Terrifier movies. Oh, that explains some shit. So he's got he's got a he's got a goofy slasher pedigree behind him already. A physical comedy king. Physical comedy killer is is what is what this guy is. <laughs> Not not surprising to me. I, I I didn't know what the cast of this movie was, but knowing that David Thornton is 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 the the mean one, that <laughs> um, makes makes a ton of sense because if you're gonna have like a goofy slasher villain, I I don't know many modern actors that can do it much better than the, the Art the Clown himself. He is like one of the more terrifying horror figures uh, that I can. Uh, uh, that I can think of. Speaking of, we have to watch Terrifier 2. We're probably going to cover that. That's future episode right there. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, maybe maybe after the uh after the Christmas break we'll we'll ho- we'll pop in that free subscription to what's the name of the that streaming service? Uh is that Screenbox? Screenbox, yeah. We'll get that we'll we'll get that Screenbox uh trial going and we'll check out Terrifier 2 and we'll cover it. I'm glad you didn't you enjoyed it. Uh, I'm definitely going to check it out whenever I don't think I'm going to get the chance to see it in theaters, but I'll, I'll once once it's available in whatever service it comes out on, probably Screenbox. <laughs> Maybe I'll do a double feature. It put me in the perfect like anti Christmas spirit. Uh the old anti Christmas spirit. It made me feel uh, awful inside. So <laughs> that's an A plus. <laughs> oh man, let's uh, let's transition into our next uh, our, our next topic. We'll add a uh, we'll add Eric will add a transition noise here. That was it. That was the noise. The transition noise happened. That was the noise. Yeah, that, you heard it. You just heard it. Uh, another activity uh, we participated in to gear up for this episode is we watched a new holiday release on Hulu called No Exit. Now, it's not technically a holiday movie, but it is snowy. And sometimes that's really all it takes for Christmas movies, not even Christmas horror movies, but like sometimes people just claim that a movie's a Christmas movie because there's snow in it. <laughs> I also think it came out February of 2022. So it came out this past year. Yeah, it's a it's, it's a winter, a winter release, you know, not this <laughs> immediate winter, the last one, but still, it still counts. It, it was called No Exit. Right now, let's see, uh, I have the uh, I have the, the Rotten Tomatoes. It's sitting at a 60 percent 
for critic reviews and 51 for an audience. It feels about right. Really? I'm kind of surprised. I'm kind of surprised. I imagined it would be a little bit higher. I feel like I'm surprised that the audience score is that low because usually yeah. these the, this, this movie I would have imagined a lot more people would have regular audiences would have appreciated more or or enjoyed more. So it's surprising to see that it's that low. Yeah, I mean, like, it it kind of breezed past both of our radar. Like, uh, the only reason I found out about it is because a friend of mine had posted their, like, top 10 movies of the year. It was the only movie on the list that I didn't recognize. And I was like, what the hell is this? Interesting. Uh, yeah, so it's, so the movie is, is No Exit, n- No Exit, No Exit. New, New Exit. New Exit. Uh, it's a Hulu original, I believe. Mm-hmm. It is starring Havana Rose Lou, uh, Danny Ramirez, David Reichstahl, Mila Harris. Also, Dennis Haysbert, the uh, the the Allstate man himself, which was probably like way more distracting than I thought it was going to be. <laughs> like, I, I hate, you know, I, I hate when people don't give actors like you know, a break just because they're really well known for something Uh, like, you know, it's I I love when when comedians take on like more serious roles. And I hate when they're and people are like, ah, well, he's just this guy from that thing and he's supposed to be funny. I'm like, well, give it a shot, you know. But for some reason, the that all I could hear was an Allstate commercial anytime this guy had anything to say. And I feel really guilty about it because he's like a pretty, he's a pretty good actor. But man, it was it was like super super distracting. Also, Dale Dickey was in there. Um, she and another another character that I'll never be able to see her as anything else. She's she plays one of the like um, crackhead people from. There's like an episode of Breaking Bad where Jesse is trying to help them br- like break open an ATM machine. So he can get like his money back that they stole from him. <laughs> and she is just insane in that episode. And, and it, she she paints like painted such a vivid picture in that episode that like it's permanently stained on my brain. If I see her in anything, I'm like, nope, <laughs> I, I can't I can't see her as anything else. But this one crackhead she played as once. Yeah, that actor is just like perma locked in your mind as that character. Yeah, that's tough to break. I think I think the Allstate guy did great though. I, I really liked he him. Did. I thought his he was a, a very, you know, obviously commanding presence uh in the film. <laughs> but like I'd like to see him do more stuff. I'd like to see him Yeah, I'll give him I, I mean try out a couple different roles. Yeah, p- please ca- cast him in more stuff. I, this is a me problem. It's not <laughs> it's not his fault or anybody else's problem that they can't see past the Allstate. That's me. I'll still watch him, you know. I, I I'll just have to it's a it's a road I'll have to travel on my own. Yeah, so directed by Damian Power, uh who not a director I'm really familiar with. Um did a couple a couple shorts here and there. Um I think he's relatively new on the scene. Um but uh but yeah, it it was like a so- I think it was a pretty solid horror movie. So basically it follows the main character uh Darby played by H- Havana Lou. Um, she's like a, a recovering addict. She's in rehab at the start of the film. She finds out that her mom is dying. And then she so she breaks out of rehab and starts she steals a car and starts traveling to like go be with her mother. But the then she gets like she's traveling through like some sort of mountainous area and gets uh, it's it's uh, C- California. 
California. It's like upstate California. Is it that? Is that where it is? Everything in uh, New Zealand. Of course, that's. Where I think we this was a, a COVID production because. Sure. Oh yeah, for sure, for sure. <laughs> everything got filmed in New Zealand for like a year and a half. It was just like completely removed from. They just were like, "All right, nobody here has it. Nobody's coming in. If you were filming here before." You're staying here. Everybody make their movies and then we'll wait it out. Yeah. So like Darby, like he's driving through the mountains. She gets only so far because like there's this big winter storm that's blowing through like a crazy winter storm. She like she what she encounters like a cop or something who says like, oh, well, you can either go back where you came from or there's like a, a, a rest stop, like a, one of those like um, lodges, you know, or the like. I think it's like some kind of community center. He's like, yeah, we got that open. Yeah, like, yeah, some squad. We got a couple other people staying there. Yeah, like a parks and rec sort of like a rec center thing. And so she's like, well, I'll, I'll just go there. And, and so she goes up there. And this is where it, it, it gets kind of like a, uh, I think I said it while we were watching it. It has sort of like a hateful eight kind of vibe where it's like a bunch of strangers kind of like stuck in a little snowed in together uh, yeah. unfamiliar yeah snowed in together house this is where she meets uh ed and sandy who are the all-state guy and the crackhead lady although she's not a crackhead in this movie don't let that but yeah they meet she meets ed and sandy there's also a like the most incel looking guy ever named <laughs> lars <laughs> I've I, I've never seen someone who looked more consistently wet the entire time while he was inside. Dude, he was in the driest scenario possible for the movie, and he was still soaking the entire time. Just the greasiest. Yeah, it's, looking it's dude. like he, he liked. It's like he took a he he took a note out of the uh, Ruby Rose book for acting, which is just look greasy, <laughs> just twenty four seven, and people think you're compelling. Just kidding. I love Ruby Rose. It's fine. <laughs> she's just she just looks wet all the time. I I like her. She's just moist. I can't help it. But yeah, so Darby, you know, so she meets all these people. There's also Ash is this guy there, but he's like asleep when she shows up. But he's like sexy stranger guy. You know, he's like dark and mysterious. But he's also like her age and like sexy. So like obviously they, they have like a connection that they form later on in the movie. Because why not? Yeah, it's kind of like one of those things where you're like in an airport and you're like, oh, my God, someone my age. I've never, I've never, never had that. Never, I've never thought so about on that. A plane, and you're like, wow, that person. We might join the Mile High Club today. No, I just no, be, I just because we are in the same age group. No, I get intimidated by people of my age group. <laughs> what? I don't know. I just feel like I'm not good enough to be as old as I am. You know, like I feel like I've missed steps along the way. So with people that might. I always see people out in the wild and I'm like, oh, they're so put together. Like now I feel shitty, you know, <laughs> so I'd rather see really old people who look angry or like really young kids who don't know what's about to hit them. Oh, see, this is why this is a perfect <laughs> movie for you, because it's all about not judging a book by its cover. <laughs> no, because but. because I would have judged everything here correctly. True. You would you would have immediately left. Yeah, I would I would never have trusted any of these people in this movie. <laughs> Time goes by, uh Darby's hanging out, she decides to go outside, she finds like a van and all vans are suspicious, so obviously she's going to like fucking scrape off the window and like see what's in the back of it because <laughs> obviously something shady has to be in there. I think she actually hears like some noise. But she discovers there's, like, a little girl tied up, like, in duct taped at the back of this van. And she's like, oh, fuck, one of these people. So then we have, like, sort of this whodunit for a little bit. 
where she's trying to figure out who of these people in this in this place has abducted this little girl it's funny they all start playing cards and uh yeah. <laughs> she she she's kind of trying to suss everybody out and she's like oh where are you from where are you going yeah she doesn't know who did it but she does know that the the license plates of the the person who kidnapped her so she tries to do a little like this was really funny to me because they don't play poker or like a serious you know card game they play What's it called? Bullshit? Bullshit. It's a game about calling people out for lying. Yeah, which I thought was, like, way, way better writing than I'm used to because, like, they they could have, like, tried to be, you know, like, just over the top by, like, oh, she's going to figure out who's the who's the kidnapper, like, over a game of poker. And it would have been, like... Oh, by their poker tell? Yeah. Uh, it would have been so, like, so cheesy. But I do like that they, they were just playing this lame game that... that everybody has played you know before like mm-hmm. everybody's played with their with family and friends like it, it just it just felt very fitting also but the guy who suggested it who ends up who is lars the the wet man like is the one who suggested <laughs> to play bullshit also is the kidnapper and it's like but he gets so mad when he loses and i'm like why would you put yourself in this compromising position where if you're going to get this upset like and and make yourself out to be the villain before people even discover you have a girl in your van yeah this guy has no cool at all he's completely blows his cool none to be had immediately He's not prepared for child abduction. Although this movie implies that they've done this before. But it this seems like it's his first time. <laughs> he I think during the poker game, they you find out that Lars is from whatever state the license plates are on the van that has the girl in it. So like Darby tries to like play it cool. And when the game is over, she like goes back out to try and like help the girl. And I think at the at some point, she has sort of like a... So there's the other guy who was asleep when she first arrived. His name's Ash. She's like all sexy and stuff. And they have like a connection. She goes back in and she trusts him because he's hot. That's her That's her only... Like he hasn't really said anything at all that during the movie. That is kind of like the only qualifier <laughs> for him, right? She's like, all right, well, this is another dude. And uh, I can get him alone real quick. Uh, yeah, let's just give it a shot. He's giving me sexy eyes and he's hot. So I'll trust him is basically what happens in this movie. So she trusts him. She does, There's like a quick thing where like the, where the wet guy Lars shows up and while she's talking to Ash. And so she like kisses him to try and make it look like they weren't conspiring to free this tied up girl they were just like about to fuck you know once he once Lars leaves she explains the plan but like it immediately falls apart because she goes out to like go for the rescue but then we find out that Ash and Lars are like stepbrothers yeah I think they're like adopted they're like half yeah adopted brothers or something like that yeah they're in turns out they were in cahoots and it's like oh yeah turns out you shouldn't just trust the one guy in the room that you think is hot all the time which you think in 20, even in 2021, when this was filmed, like you think Darcy would have, uh, or Darby would like, she'd already be knowledgeable on that front, but she'd be know. keyed into that. Yeah. She's got a pretty good sense of deduction. Otherwise though, that's like a plot twist that I don't think anyone really would see coming, uh, especially cause like when she meets the characters, they're all kind of doing their own thing in the rec center. Um, the older two, um, are together they're like a married couple and then lars is in the corner 
uh, sulking to headphones. So I, I assume he's just like listening to I don't know Death Cab for Cutie alone in the corner, <laughs> and uh, <laughs> Lars is asleep. So she doesn't really put the two together. And then after the you know you get the reveal that they're working together, she starts being a lot more um, I think prepared. I think she she kind of realizes all bets are off and. You know the situation is beyond normal, and she. I think mm. she really starts to click in once she's like. I feel like the more danger she gets in, the the more she is capable of. Almost, it's like she she very quickly adapts and rises to the situation. No, yeah, you're right. She, you know, she does become a way more capable, like final girl or just horror. You know, a heroine. Uh, in the later half she she's actually very competent she just falls for the 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 trick you know the initial trick but it turns out there's other twists to come but yeah and i also understand you know they did a good job because the because the characters of ash and lars like ash is like a um a young hispanic man um and lars is like i said before he's like the most like white incel looking guy ever and he's just like like ash is like you know he's in a hoodie and everything but he's like put together lars is just wet and like just (laughs) like anxious looking ash you know you never see the two of them really talk at all before now in the movie so the reveal is pretty good it's a pretty it's a pretty good twist i mean i saw it coming but i that doesn't mean i'm smart or anything it's just like I, I've been around the horror block a couple times, but it is still, it's still, that doesn't mean it's like bad just because I saw it coming, you know? And there's still like five <laughs> twists in this movie. Yeah, like, yeah. It's, it's a very twisty, turny uh, movie, but I, I don't think it ever really jumps the shark or like gets, you know, f- too far into like M. Night Shyamalan land. No, and he, <laughs> M. Night Shyamalan never shows up and walks us in into the twist. <laughs> Darby goes out to the van. She like gives uh turns out the little girl's name is Jay. Uh Darby gives her a way to like free herself, but before she can like help her co- get out completely, uh the two guys like show up so she has to run. Um and she ends up back in the the center and she she goes up to uh all Allstate guy and and Sandy, so Ed and Sandy. Oh, and we found out that uh, during the the bullshit game, we found out that Ed is like this ex marine. He fought in, you know, like Fallujah. He seems like a badass. I mean, he's a he's a pretty badass dude. The uh, Lars asks him at one point, like, "How many people have you killed?" And he just like very coldly and very sternly is like, "I lost track. I lost count." Like, Oof! What a terrible question to ask, and it, like the coolest <laughs> response you could possibly get. You're so cool, man. Um, but no, it actually, I, I think that bu- the, the bullshit card game, uh, that round table scene was actually one of the better parts of the movie, just from a like character perspective. Like I, I was, I was really invested in that scene. Yeah. Great, great tension building. It was good. You know, it, there was nothing like too serious going on, but it, like it, you got to learn a little bit about all the characters and, and all the actors in this. I think this movie if anything suffers from just not having the like strongest plot, but every actor in this movie is kind of firing on all cylinders. Like 
I, I, again, I know I I know I pooped on it a little bit because of the Allstate guy, but he still does a good job. I just that, again, it was a me problem. I couldn't get past it. But um, Havana Rose Lou, like she does a really good job, and she hasn't really been in much else besides this movie. Weirdly enough, she was in like four other things. I think four or five other things as like side characters and in like in shorts but like this was her first like leading role i think and she did a really good job like if i saw her in more horror movies i wouldn't be upset yeah no i i would love to see her uh in a couple other features i think she has it seemed to me like she has enough like range to do like you know some pretty crazy characters along with some very like competent reserved normal yeah she she's definitely got yeah range is a good term she she's definitely got range the little and the little girl actress mila harris playing jay the tied up girl she she did a good job i i only want to see her in like a little bit of other things because i don't want to i don't want another mckenna grace situation where we just overwork an eight-year-old until (laughs) until they're (laughs) they have no social lives they just all they do is work i'm always very iffy about children actors because i'm like oh they're so good i wish they were in more stuff but then they'll grow up all fucked up because they had no childhood because because they were just constantly in weird horror movies because mike flanagan worked them until they went crazy (laughs) how would you like to be five (laughs) scary children for the next year like Uh, but no, they were all, oh, all, yeah, everybody in this movie is, like, really solid. I think just the screenplay itself was not, like, the strongest. Um, I think it was a lot of fun, though. I, I'm glad I'm glad we got to see it. I'm glad we came across it. I think it was a fun group watch. And it was a fun, it was twisty enough that, like, you know, you could watch it with a group of people and still, like, have a good time and be interested. Like, yeah, so I think, like, the, the, big, the big twists of the movie end up being that, like, so if you haven't if you haven't already like stopped listening because we've been spoiling it like the bigger bigger twist that happens is that like turns out Sandy was also in on it. This is the one that got me because she turns out she was the nanny and like housekeeper of the girl, the little girl Jay, who was like part of this, you know, super wealthy family. Like she was the housekeeper there. She contacted these people to kidnap her because she knew the people were so rich that they would pay any amount of money to get her back. So she's been actually secretly working with this group. Allstate guy's character, Ed, who was dating Sandy, he didn't know anything about it, which is like a terrible idea. Like you're going to not tell your, your Marine Corps trained, like she had a bad idea. Yeah. They have, they apparently like ran into money issues at some point and lost all their money. He's like a big gambler and she seems like she's got issues, but they lose all their money and she's like, I got to figure out how to, you know, get all of our savings and everything back. So she sets up this ransom situation is, is trying to recoup all their losses yeah. off of this one job. She's apparently been like kind of abused by this child a little bit. Yeah, too. Like, a it, little it bit. Like, like this turns out this girl, the, it seems like the kid kind of blackmails her into like doing shit. And- yeah. The girl is a little bit annoying, but only like, She's just like a precocious rich girl, you know, like if you if you like 
put her in a Zack and Cody scenario, she'd like wisen up real quick without having to be kidnapped. You know, like there's other ways <laughs> to solve her problems and make her a better person. Like, you know, that it, it didn't have to come to this. She could have just had to live in a hotel for a year. Okay. <laughs> she could have grown out of being shitty. Yeah. So like, turns out the, the, the everyone's in on it together. There's like a shootout that's involved. Uh, the Allstate guy ends up dying because he's too competent to live. He gets warfed. But, uh, like, oh, and the movie kind of, like, just devolves into violence from there. All the characters, and you know, it's a big scramble. Sandy also ends up getting shot. One of the characters, like, converts a nail gun to f- only, and I only say this because, like, a nail gun is a good weapon for a horror movie normally. But one of the characters in this movie says, I think it's Ash. He's like, oh, I fixed it so it shoots like a normal gun. I'm like, I don't think that's how nail guns work. Like, I don't think you can just say... Yeah, there's like a pressure thing. You gotta press like, you it can- to an object before <laughs> it'll like release the safety. But like he just somehow finagles this thing into like a nail. <laughs> That's one know, of my favorite gun. lines. Was like, all right, writers, I don't think you know how nail guns work. You can't just say I fixed it so it fires like a real gun. That's n- <laughs> not how nail guns work. Like it just won't happen. But I like that they gave it a shot. That's like some yeah. Kaczynski <laughs> shit. I love that they gave it a shot, though. Um, but there is... So there's a point in the movie where after the shit all breaks down, Darby's, like, you know, back and forth. There's a scene where, like, Ash nail guns Darby to the wall through her wrist, like, fucking crucifixion style. And, like, Darby has to, like, pry the nail out with, like, a hammer that she finds. It's all pretty brutal. Like the the tail end of this movie gets gets way more gory. Uh, Darby gets a hold of Lars. She gets a gun from him and is holding him up. Ash is aiming the nail gun, tr- hoping to hit Darby. Like they're kind of having a standoff. And then the little girl comes running out of nowhere, Jay, and she like hits the nail gun with something that she's holding. The nail gun goes off, hits Lars square in the dome, right in the middle of the forehead. He doesn't die, but he's got a big old nail sticking out of his forehead. Uh, Darby and Jay break off and run out because Ash is like frightened because he's like, oh, this is my brother. Like they actually do have like a relationship. Like they love each other. Yeah, they are very protective of each other. Yeah, they're close. You know, they're close. So he runs. Ash runs over and he's like, all right, we're going to get you to the hospital. This movie was like, okay, but this death right here is Possibly one of my favorites of the year because it fucking killed me. It's so it's very sad, but it's so fucking funny, man. As they're like, as Ash is like slowly walking Lars, he was like, all right, we're going to get you to the hospital, man. We're going to get you to the hospital. He's got like a, like a six inch nail sticking out of his head. L- Lars is like, oh, I feel really weird, man. And as they're walking, Lars slips on a pool of blood and face plants, driving the whole six inch nail completely flat against his forehead (laughs) and ash like flips him over and this dude is just dead i was dying it was he face plants so hard it's like the the so hard sound engineering is like fucking so good on this is such like a cracked (laughs) splat like oh my god it's so so funny it's it that one's probably one of my favorite favorite horror movie deaths of the year. I was remembered uh, I was remembered I was reminded of it um when I saw Violent Night 
this afternoon because there was another nail-related death. It was quite amusing. It was almost the same thing. A guy in that movie gets a nail to the forehead in the same spot, except instead of face planting, a bowling ball like comes careening <laughs> out of a uh, out of the darkness and nails the the nail deep into his head. But but otherwise, it's the same death that he the guy. Gets a nail into the forehead, is still alive, and then something forces the nail later on, further in, causing him to expire. So I was, for some reason, that, like, the double whammy of that, it, I guess, is just really funny to me. <laughs> so, so I've seen it twice now in, in, uh, it, within, within one week, and it was great both times. But yeah, so I mean, basically the resolution of the movie is that Darby uh, is able to rescue Jay. She does, you know, almost die. Like, I think the cops show up at one point, end up shooting oh. Darby accidentally. <laughs> A typical white dude cop shows up and yeah. misreads the situation, shoots the heroine. Yeah, it's yeah. one of those things. Uh, and then, but but she manages to live because he's he, he had bad aim. Um, and he gets killed by the villain. But yeah, so they all, everybody gets away. Uh, and so, I mean, clearly this movie had something to say about, like, recovery, you know? Uh, otherwise, we wouldn't have started mm-hmm. the movie in a... Recovery, like, it, it, it facility, yeah. Rehab re- rehab center, you know? So, like, yeah, cl- like, clearly this movie had something to say about it. I just don't think it did say anything about it. <laughs> like, ultimately. Um, but, but I... No, I mean, I think she kind of turns, you know what I mean? Like at the first group meeting, she's like, you know, this is bullshit. I've done every type of recovery. I've done every type of program and they're all dog shit. Nothing works. Yeah. Every time. And then by the end of it, you know, she does do some drugs in order to survive this situation. Oh, yeah, that was a thing. Um, she, and then yeah. she's at a meeting and she's she's like, I'm only 47 days sober. So, like, she's clearly like, okay, I get it now. Like, I have, like, a new lease on life. I have, you know, a better sta- understanding of, I guess, self. And she, she you know, is ready yeah. to hold herself accountable. Like, she she's actively trying. Yeah, yeah. Really hard I, I mean, stuff. it's... It's not the strongest like like message, but it's good enough. You know, I, I the the I think if anything, I don't think the writing of this movie. I, I've said it a bunch now. Like I don't think the writing of this movie holds up too super strong, but the acting does. Uh, the actress who plays Darby is like really good. So what whatever it's trying to say, I think she sells it well enough that. Yeah, I watched I watched an interview with all oh, of them yeah. too, like all the cast, and they are all very. They all speak very mm-hmm. highly of the director. They all had you know nothing but compliments. Granted, it was like the press tour interviews mm-hmm. for the movie, but like they all seemed like genuinely like yeah, yeah this guy's yeah. going places. Like that's good to know. You know, I always I always give a move. I'll give a movie bonus points anytime if the people enjoyed making it, like have a good time on set yeah because you hear so many stories about like just movies that were miserable to work yeah. on and it's like ugh, well that's awful like especially if it's the director that's like making things shitty you know i, I just can't imagine being in charge of a movie like that and and like facilitating like a miserable experience for everybody like that sounds like why would like that's like sounds horrendous like i, I well i mean for me at least i guess you'd have to be really you know ego forward and like not really care what other people think but for me i care very deeply so like i would if even like one person seemed kind of sad one day on a set i was in charge of i would like 
I I just break down. I just have like a full on panic attack. <laughs> I think it's other people's job to make sure of that. But yeah, as long as you're not actively contributing to a terrible work environment, I think everybody's you know gonna get along just fine. Yeah, but so I but any, anytime you can hear actors and just like a crew like speak about how you're having a really good time on set or like appreciating like the work, you know, that's I always it always makes my heart warm. Next on the list, after uh, after the transition noise that Eric uh, added in there, I think we should come up with some other, like, I like the ones you did for the last couple episodes. Yeah, it just worked out. There was just, like, a random noise that I, like, was in the audio. I was like, ooh, this is a good clinky transition. Oh, and you did, that was just from our own audio? You didn't even go and find it? Yeah, it was just something of you, like, pouring and, like, that ice was, like, clinking around. I was like, ooh, that was a good one. Wow, that's crazy. I thought you actually went out and found, like, a, a, a sound bite from the internet and wow, added it in. I'm just, I'm just good like that. Mm. Oh, yeah, <laughs> that's... That's crazy. I really, I honestly thought that was like some sampled stuff from, from uh, mine. So like I said up top, I, I despise the entire holiday season. I think it's dog shit. I think it's doo-doo. Um, so for me, I, I put together a quick list of possibly the worst Santas in all of cinema. Wow. Dog shit, doo-doo Santas. These are murdering, uh, violent nutcase Santa Clauses. I think (laughs) <laughs> the more the more we can portray the big red man as the big red scary man i think that's a that's a win that's a w for us um so these are going to be going back uh there's a couple of oldies and uh i think they're they're all heaters yeah, well i'm curious i'm curious as to what you what you've got here because i have so so eric has prepared a list of violent santas i have a list of just violent christmas movies but none of none of mine feature santa you know so i'm curious to see what he's come up with because i i found it honestly kind of hard to find movies that actually featured santa i found it harder to find ones that weren't about santa well then aren't we just a match made in haunted heaven hell Matt. well i call it haunted heaven (laughs) 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 all right i'm gonna start with um this is a throwback. This is a 1989 French horror movie. It's got like 10 different titles, so bear with me. It's most known in the States as Deadly Games. Um, Deadly Games? Also subtitled Deadly Games, Dial Code Santa Claus. Uh, and in, I believe, the <laughs> French translation of their original um title is 3615 code pere noel that's like a lot this movie walked so home alone could run it is a movie about a nut job homeless guy who spray paints his hair and his beard white and terrorizes a rich kid in his gigantic palatial mansion that he has fully rigged up in an attempt to capture Santa Claus. Like, hyper-violent. My mouth is like a gape. Yeah, okay. yeah. It's <laughs> so fucking crazy. I think that I saw this on Joe Bob's the first time, uh, maybe a year or two ago uh but it is well worth it it's very artsy in french but if you're looking for a fucking off the wall santa movie this is definitely a good place to get your boots wet so santa so in the in this film is is santa evil uh in this movie santa is a deranged homeless man 
It's not the real oh, Santa. So he's so he's dressed as Santa. He's dressed okay. as Santa. He's a crazy person who gets a job as a Santa and then okay. just continues okay. to okay. be crazier. Okay. But the scene where he spray paints his hair and his beard white, I'm like, what? the fuck are wow. we getting next? i can't believe i've never heard of this movie and so how how brutal does this one get um it's it's pretty brutal there's a decent amount of blood he I mean he's trying to kill a kid the entire time he's getting fucked up left True. and right by booby traps and fucking the director even uh mm. at some point after home alone's release tried to file some uh legal suits claiming that they ripped off their movie and I, you know, I think oh. they, they kind of did. They kind of did a little bit. They might bit. be right. It could be one of those, you know, parallel trains of thought situations, but it, it kind of, it's kind of the same movie. Yeah, but you know, you want, sometimes you don't know where your inspiration comes from. It could come from something you've seen before. I think American audiences always kind of like, especially now, like years after it's been out, they kind of make the joke that like Home Alone is like a Christmas horror movie if you just like change the soundtrack but this movie is True. the real the real deal this is this is that movie i'm i'm kind of down for it i would i would be in- inclined to check this one out i think this is definitely one me and you're gonna have to watch in the next few days before yeah Christmas. that sounds that sounds kind of fun that's like the most tame one <laughs> so let me hit you with i'll hit you with one just holiday general holiday horror so, have you ever heard of so what my first pick for for holiday horror is um P2. Have you ever watched this one? P2? No, I've never even heard of this. P2 um it, the the it's the title is referencing like have you ever like parked your car in like a parking garage? Okay, okay, parking level 2, P2. Got it. Yeah. Yeah, you're trying to remember like where you're where you parked. So that's what this is. This is a, about a woman who who is parked. He's parked. She's parked her car in a parking garage because she's working late. She's at the office late on Christmas. Eve. Uh, and she tries to leave uh, the parking garage late, late, late at night. And there's only one parking attendant. Left. And guess what? He has a crush on this lady and he's not going to let her leave. Naughty list. <laughs> So it's basically the entire movie takes place in the confines of a big parking garage as this woman is running up and down this whole thing being terrorized by this one like security guard who is trying to, I don't know, do the molest on her or something. I don't really know. I don't a little, a little cat and mouse Christmas situation. Exactly. Exactly. She spends the whole movie. It's just a, it's just a whole cat and mouse. She just spends the whole time up and down all the different layers of this parking garage. Uh, but that all the actors are really good. Uh, it's got Rachel Nichols. It's got Wes Bentley um, of, uh, of hunger games fame <laughs> as the, uh, the, the security guard. He's like a really, really creepy. He does such a good job. Like he's, I, I watched this movie years ago. Cause this, I think this came out in, let me just like double check. This is a, 2007 horror movie. Oh, which which filter did it get from the early 2000s? Uh, is green. This, is a green, green movie? Okay, okay. It's a green. <laughs> it's a green movie. <laughs> it got the old. It got the green blue filter, but it is. It they do have like the the Christmas colored lights spliced in now and again, so it's colorful here and there. 
which is like kind of refreshing for 2007. But overall, it's green. But I can't blame them. You know, it was just the era. <laughs> Yeah, they, they. I mean, they, everybody was making the same looking movies. <laughs> yeah, no, yeah, he, they can't help it. You know, that's just that was what they had to do. The, it honestly, probably was studio interference. They were like, make it green like Saw. <laughs> <laughs> and they were like, well, I can't argue that movie made a bajillion dollars. So I guess if you want it green, it's green. It's a, you know, PP2, great. You know, there's a little bit of Christmas, but it, <laughs> there's no Santa involved. So if you don't want to get too Christmassy about it, you know, but like just you want to keep it like winter in vibe, that's the one. So what's your uh, what's your next Killer Santa one, Eric? Uh, so my next one is I think my favorite. Um, it's going to need a little bit of uh, justification, but it is Silent Night, Deadly Night Part 2, the sequel. Um, is is this is Silent Night, Deadly Night, the one? With the wrestler, is this like a Triple H? No, 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 no. Just, just hold, hold your horses. Oh, that one's coming. We'll get there. <laughs> <laughs> no, Silent Night, Deadly Night Part Two is a 1987 uh, release. It is the sequel to Silent Night, Deadly Night um, Part One. It's one of those like Evil Dead situations where like yeah you can watch the first movie but if you watch the second movie you'll get enough flashback and reuse of like old footage that you really don't even have to watch the first one. You know what? It's an efficient way of filmmaking. You know? It's, it, it worked for Raimi. If it works for Raimi it works for me. Uh, but it follows the uh, other brother. So the first movie is all about um, a guy who loses his mind. His <laughs> name's Billy Chapman. He goes crazy on Christmas uh, because his family was murdered by like a a man dressed as Santa Claus like years oh, years shit. in the past when he was a little kid. He watches his family uh, get brutally murdered. That'll ruin it for Claus. you, huh? Yeah. So one year he snaps and he goes on like a major killing spree. Uh, in the flashbacks, you see his brother is kind of added in in the uh, – the, the sequel a little bit more he's like a little bit more present in the footage so that they can kind of justify what happens to him so after his brother gets taken out in the first movie he grows up as a traumatized youth he goes on a christmas killing spree of his own inspired by his brother's crimes a lot of the beginning part of the movie is him relaying all of the events of the first film to a psychiatrist and then he breaks out and decides to do his own Santa-style murder spree. It is Ow. so much fucking fun. It's hilarious. The kills are, you know, insane. And he does not... He just looks like a dude in a Santa suit. He doesn't look anything like Santa. So it's kind of funny. Like, he doesn't really take the extra aesthetic measures the way his brother did. That's crazy. You know what? Can you imagine? So if I had to write a Santa horror movie, I think I would go with the plot, a similar plot point. But imagine if he like hated his parents and then a guy dressed as Santa murdered them. And so he was like, oh, Santa saved me. I have to continue Santa's mission. Santa's the man. <laughs> so a guy, he, he's continuing Santa's mission for good. It's, he kills the bad parents. It's kind of like his focus, right? So like he's like 
all the people that he kills that he come across he comes across he deems them as like naughty and that's why he has to kill them they're on the naughty list right 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 i'm familiar with the you naughty know, list obviously. i saw i saw violent night <laughs> i know about the naughty list it's 88 minutes it's a it's another quick one it's on shutter uh honestly what, what's, I would, this, what's this one called this is silent night deadly night part two I would Part say two. go watch the Joe Bob coverage of this movie on Shudder because you get lots of, you know, fun Joe Bob and like, you know, some background on the movie that I don't have offhand mm-hmm. and uh, some mm-hmm. interesting, you know, production stuff. It's 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 a lot of fun. OK. All right. So my second Christmas horror movie, and this is a big one. And I mean, you, you feel free, Eric, to debate me, you know, on if this counts as a horror movie, but we may or may not have already agreed on this, uh, you know, and I'm not that I don't think anybody hasn't seen this, but I think for the holidays, if you want something a little, uh, a little south of uh, Jolly, y'all got to watch Gremlins. Oh man. Is Gremlins? Mm. The, the, uh, Mogwai is a Christmas present. Damn. He, the, the, the first Gremlins is a Christmas movie. Like there's no, no doubt about it. It is a hundred percent a Christmas movie. Like, the Mogwai fucking gizmo is a Christmas gift to the kid, <laughs> which he immediately uh, doesn't follow the rules for. And a bunch of people in that neighborhood get murdered by gremlins. <laughs> it's it is a uh, it's a terrifying night for a small town uh, 80s American community. And, and a lot of them die and it's, it is kid friendly, but you know what? There's still, there's some gruesome deaths, both for people and for gremlins. And, uh, it, you know, it might not be the scariest movie. Like, uh, you know, P2 is definitely not kid friendly, but you know, obviously gremlins is kid friendly, but like, it's still a horror movie, a horror comedy, but yeah. Yeah. It's a good time. It's a classic. It's a classic. You, you know, if you... I just didn't realize it was a Christmas classic. No, yeah. If So, Eric, Gremlins is the perfect movie for you for the holidays because there are there's enough Christmas stuff to make everybody else around you happy, but, like, it's got all sorts of critters and, <laughs> and monsters and people die, you know? So, like, this is this one's for you. Like, this should be your go-to... If, if people are like, well, you know, let's watch some Christmas movies, uh, and then, like, well, what does Eric want to watch? This one is definitely a go-to for you, because no one will dispute you <laughs> that it's a Christmas movie, but you'll get away with, like, having no Santa stuff or presents or joy or anything. Beautiful. Like, this this should be, Gremlins should be your base level, like, all right, what can I get away with when I'm around people and I don't want them to like I don't want to ruin their time because they like Christmas you know because like obviously oh bah humbug oh no come on come on you're not gonna want to ruin every Christmas always (laughs) well if you're ever if you're ever in a position where you like think maybe I don't want to like that's my shoehorn into like, hey, let's do, let's watch some Christmas movies. We'll start off with, you know, Gremlins. It's kind of chill, and then we'll ramp our way up yeah. to my next bit. Start, yeah. 
Let's start it. We'll start at Gremlins, and then you can ramp up from there. So speaking of ramping up, what could you possibly have next? This is absolutely, I think we have to watch this like within the next two days. This is the fucking craziest Santa movie that there is. It's called Santa's Sleigh. Is it the Triple H one? It's not Triple H. It's Goldberg. Uh, Oh, Goldberg. (laughs) I knew it was. Goldberg plays Santa Claus. So this movie. Oh, doesn't this have a porn star in it too? Um, I'm not familiar with their porno films. (laughs) Wow. Also, (laughs) I just want, you know, everybody who's listening right now, if you can just go to the Santa Slay IMDb, because you know how IMDb has like when when you see all of the cast it, it's like the circular headshots of all of every actor yes right now what i'm seeing is you know s- circles with the headshots of all the characters or, or all the actors except for Gold- bill goldberg who doesn't have a circle it's just like a full torso cutout of him <laughs> just posing Everybody else is a normal actor, and they're like, "Well, no, Goldberg's a wrestler, so he gets the special. He gets a special PNG cutout of <laughs> of him flexing as hard as possible. He's got a PNG standee on IMDb. Is it Rebecca Gray Gayhart? This movie presupposes that Santa is not a benevolent being. He's actually a demonic being, which is uh, the result of a like virgin birth." thanks to satan and they actually give you a backstory for santa in this movie we have a full santa grimoire called book of klaus it's fucking fantastic but you learn that uh a angel like uh beats him in i I think like a curling match curling match are you kidding me yeah and he loses so he has to you know deliver presents on christmas for like a a thousand years or whatever um but afterwards the you know the agreement's off so he is free to like fucking wreak havoc on the world as this demon santa claus he is jumping into people's houses murdering stabbing people with menorahs he is throwing the like star off the christmas tree like a ninja star into people's backs he has this gigantic um instead of like reindeer he has a hell deer and it's this giant like bison reindeer thing it's fucking amazing oh also forget about anything that i thought was in this movie this movie has fran drescher so you have to see it any any movie that has the fucking nanny (laughs) (laughs) fran if you're listening please call me then fran fran i hope you're listening too you made me and Eric feel things when we were young. I don't even think we were prepared for. I'm still feeling them. <laughs> also, it's got so Rebecca Gayhart um, plays one of the characters. She um, he's in lots of stuff, but she was in Urban Legend. Oof, I love that movie. Um, she was in Jawbreaker. Two heaters. She was it uh, obviously Santa Slice. She was in Dead Like Me, which is a really good uh sitcom if you haven't seen that one. Um, but yeah, so she was in From Dusk Till Dawn. She was in Scream 2. So her friend Dresser, like, are you kidding me? Oh, and Chris Catan's in this like, movie too. He's part of a family. There's a scene where like Santa slides down the chimney and just rolls over a dinner table and like murders oh, the entire dude. family. 
Yes, I do know this. And Chris Catan tries to fight back against him. It's amazing. My third pick for for Christmas top Christmas movies. So it, it, it's kind of like a choose your own adventure version of a pick because my pick is Black Christmas. Oh, okay. That is kind of a choose your own adventure. Yeah, because I'm not going to tell anybody which specific one to watch because there's been lots of different versions. And I think like each version kind of is for a each versions for a very different generation. Yeah, that's one of those like, like reboots that like totally, you know, really reboots rebooted. Itself. Yeah, because the first Black Christmas, which is arguably like one of the first slasher movies, like I think Black Christmas outdates Friday the 13th. Yeah. Right. Yeah. If I'm if I if I've got my horror history correct, like Black Christmas is one of the first. You know, I'm not gonna say one of the first horror movies. But one of the first like traditional slasher movies. Like it's the classic. Like if you're looking for like an old school '70s '80s kind of, you know, you get that like old film grain kind of vibe. You want that type of movie? You want to just like see what movies were like way back in the day? Uh. The original Black Christmas is a good time. I, I, it's got some really good stuff, good character development, good acting. The cinematography is like really, really solid. Uh, I, I just think you're probably not going to be disappointed if you even now in 2023 almost like you can go back and watch the original Black Christmas and still enjoy it. Um, other sequels like from that same sort of like timeline they they get a lot worse as they go on but then in 2007 there was a black christmas remake also known as black xmas <laughs> which i think is fucking stupid but like whatever if you have to di- differentiate yourself like the black xmas one is also kind of good like it's awful but like in a 2007 way you know where like almost all of those horror movies were really really fucking stupid um but there's like some really good kills and also there's like this weird grody like incest twist that they throw in for like almost no reason but like i'm not gonna i'm not gonna yuck anyone's yum you know like if you if you if that if that's what like you need in a twist for a horror movie whatever it's kind of grody but it also is a surprise you know they 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 take enough of a uh a spin off the original that i think uh i think there's enough in the 2007 black christmas that like people should if you like the first one you should check out the 2007 one but then there was Black Christmas 2019. Am I correct? Uh, was it 2019? Yes. That came out. Um, it was either 2019 or 2020. I think it was 2019 because I think I was still living in New Jersey. Um, now, I know a lot of people don't. There, there's a lot of people who had a lot of issues with the 2019 Black Christmas, mostly because it was like an almost complete departure from like the lore of the original two movies well, or the original, like, I don't know, five movies. It was a 2019. You're right. Yeah. So like it was a big departure from the lore, traditional lore of, of uh, black Christmas. And it was a little heavy handed. 
I'm going to make myself like want to vomit by saying it, but like it was a like very woke movie. You know, I hate I, I hate saying it because like woke is not like a real thing. Yeah, I you know? feel like I remember you telling me, though, like that, like some of the dialogue and some of the like shit was very like forced in a way of like kind of signaling like, hey, look, we're doing a movie about this. Yeah, it, it, it just it just felt so heavy handed that like even I who like I, I'm totally like I. I loved the actual content of the film, like the the storyline, the way it played out, because it's about, you know, Black Christmas, all the Black Christmas movies are about like a bunch of girls who live in a sorority who get killed by a killer who's murdering them. And the reason why they can't get help is because everybody in the college is gone for the holidays, right? Yeah, they're like isolated. That's like... That, yeah, that's basically the plot of every Black Friday movie. But the original kind of like Black Christmas, or, or well, yeah, Black Black Friday. That's a different movie. It, um, correct me if I'm wrong. Is this not the same one that has like the alternate title of Silent Night, Evil Night? Yes. The yeah, the original. So the original Black Christmas was called Silent Night, Evil Night. The like producers thought that it was too. Like that, th- that it was too obviously h- horrific, you know. Like it, like they, they thought that like the the t- it was too clearly evil, and also the fact that they were like tainting like a classic Christmas song would make it also like de incentivize people from going to see it. And I'm like, you know what your movie is about, right? Yeah. <laughs> Like, I, uh, like <laughs> I feel like I really like the the first the original one. I that's the adventure I'm going to choose. I think there's some really fun death scenes in that one. Um, we it, it, there there's some pretty gruesome ones, yeah. I, I think uh I I only I, I'm only going to suggest the 2007 one because it's if if you're if you're all out there and you are of the age where like you grew up with movies like House of Wax with with uh with Paris Hilton like it, or the uh or the remake of um Texas Chainsaw Massacre oh yeah it, it if you grew up with those types of movies and you like those you want a little bit of nostalgia go and watch Black Christmas 2007 because it will overwhelm you with late aughts nostalgia it will just punch you in the face from start to finish with that time period like without a doubt but also you know if you if you like uh if you're into like situations where characters are a little more evolved they're a little more um knowledgeable in sort of like horror tropes and also you just want to see like dickhole dudes just <laughs> beef get, it. get their just get their comeuppance like the the 2019 black christmas still fun it's still fun it, it's like just because people have like a progressive message doesn't mean their like presentation has to be high art all the time i think that's my takeaway from the 2019 film is like you can have like a modern day like solid good progressive message but you don't have to like be making the next like oscar worthy you know film like you can still have a bad movie, but have good things to say. Absolutely, just like we did in the past. But I think uh, I think our current political climate kind of like discourages that. But like, 
you know, you want to watch some, you want to watch some fun deaths. You want to watch like a couple cool final girls and have a good time. I, I still say check out all of all. Just watch all the Black Christmas movies. That's my vote. My final vote for the night. Binge them all <laughs> on, on Black Christmas. Watch all of them. You tell us. Hit us up on Twitter. Uh, what's your next killer killer Santa movie? Um, I have uh, I have one more that's not a Santa movie that I really enjoyed. It was uh, you promised me they'd all be I Santa. Gave, I just movies. gave you so many Santas. I gave you so many bad Santas. <laughs> How about Bad Santa? Anybody seen no, that one? Bad Santa's trash. Don't talk about that movie. <laughs> bad. <laughs> There's a sequel that came out recently. That doesn't make it any better. <laughs> but I, I think the most deranged of all of these like Christmas movies that I everyone needs to see is Jack Frost. It is about a serial killer who gets melted by some kind of like, you know, science fiction-y like acid like material and it breaks down his cells and it gets fused with the snow outside and he becomes a like murderous snowman that can like melt and reconstitute his body at will he has all sorts of insane snowman powers and he goes on a like revenge uh killing spree in the town of the guy who put him away yeah so i i believe <laughs> uh, honestly any like horror fan who is listening to us right now uh, probably is familiar with jack frost <laughs> I hope. also he I, I would hope so too and if you are in I mean he's a, like like Eric said he's a killer snowman I mean you can you a quick but I think he he goes on like a multi-movie murder spree I think he's got like four or five movies yeah I think they have a couple hard it's hard to remake hard to recommend that people watch this movie i disagree entirely i think jack frost is a fucking blast the first one is certainly like worth a good time i definitely wouldn't i cannot uh, speak for all i don't know man i'm just talking about the right out the gate original jack frost to clarify this is this is not the the um the Michael Keaton the one. The Michael Keaton one, where the dad turns into a snowman. This is the horror movie Jack Frost. Although, if there is going to be a movie that makes me cry between the the horror version of Jack Frost or the Michael Keaton one, I'm definitely going to cry watching the Michael Keaton one. <laughs> if you had to guess which one came out first, which would you guess? Uh, I feel like the the horror Jack Frost came out first. Beat him by a year. One year. Who be, who be who by a year? The horror one. It, horror did come out first. Yes. All right. Yeah. I, I had a feeling. Also crazy that you would have a big budget feel good Christmas movie about a man turning into a snowman. Also, I don't think it's Michael Keaton. I think it's um. No, it's Michael Keaton. Isn't it Bruce Willis? No, it's Michael Keaton. Huh. It's if it's if it's Bruce Willis, I'm gonna throw up. <laughs> Let me it's see. Jack Frost. I got I gotta know now. Oh my god, it is Keaton. You're right. Oh, Matt doesn't throw up. That's a win for Matt. That's a win for Matt. No, yet one hundred. But although I can understand why you would think it's Bruce Willis, because that was the era of Willis. Like, <laughs> it definitely makes sense that it would, if it was Bruce Willis, like that time frame totally tracks it. There's there. He was in so much stuff during that time frame that like it, it would not 
surprise me, but I would have been really upset if I was wrong. Um, but, uh, but yeah, crazy, crazy that a horror movie came out. You think some studio exec would have either killed the horror version of that movie or made them change the, like, at least the title. Yeah. Right? Because, like, Jack Frost is, like, a supernatural character, right? Who, like, brings winter. Like, people know Jack Frost is, like, he doesn't, people don't, people know Frosty the Snowman as, like, the snowman guy. Like, he didn't have to be Jack Frost. Yeah, you could have named him so many other things. I I don't know. Wild. But you know what? I I think for the most part, the, the, the layman doesn't know about Jack Frost. They know about the Michael Keaton version. So I guess they won. But there are, so there's Jack Frost, Jack Frost 2, Revenge of the Mutant Killer Snowman. What a title. You know what? I think there might only be two. I think there might only be two. You know how they kill him in that movie is they, they dump him in a pickup truck. Full of antifreeze, right? Filled with antifreeze. But the second Jack Frost movie takes place on a Hawaiian resort where a bit of the Jack Frost snow has made its way there. And there's lots of like little CG snowball monsters. Oh, man. Uh, You convinced me to watch it. What'd you do? Uh, uh, I included a beach scenario for you. Do you also want to watch? I know what you did last summer. I still know what you did last summer because that also takes place on a beach. I mean, we both know I've seen it. <laughs> uh, my next Christmas horror movie that everyone should watch is Krampus. <laughs> I'm surprised it took this solid... long to get to that one. Well, I mean, I was say I was going from bottom up, you know. Uh, so everybody should watch Krampus if you're if you're looking for a horror movie for Christmas. Krampus is like top of the list. Like, it's, who doesn't love a Krampus? You know, Krampus is, like, the coolest version of Santa. Uh, And this movie has killer actors, killer actresses. It's got great special effects, lots of practical stuff, all sorts of puppets and shit. Like, it's just a good horror movie. Like, it it has the love. It has the love in it. Yeah, that... That is a high production Christmas horror movie. Yeah. It's got a good story. Everybody was having a good time while they were filming it. Like, it's just solid. If you guys haven't seen Krampus, if you don't even know who Krampus is, I'm not going to tell you. You have to go look up Krampus. If Krampus isn't already in your heart, then I don't really know what we're doing here on this podcast. We failed. If 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 the, if, <laughs> if this is the first time you're hearing about Krampus, then you better stick around because you got a lot to fucking learn. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, so, all right. I, I really can't say too much. I'm not even going to spoil it. Krampus is just a great horror movie. Great holiday movie. Good time all around. Go watch Krampus. But I'm going to save some time for a different holiday movie that I think, I actually don't know if you've seen this one, Eric. Are you familiar with the 2016 movie Better Watch Out? Oh, is that the one with the babysitter? Yes. Yes, that movie fucking slaps. That movie is sick. Yes, this is, I think, probably my favorite Christmas horror movie that I've ever seen. Um, So this is like a movie starring... Um, Olivia DeJong and Levi Miller. Um, it's about a like teenage, like an 18 year old babysitter who is babysitting like sort of like this, like well to do, uh, kid, like 12 year old kid. Um, and while they're like, while she's babysitting him, like 
people sort of attack the house uh, and, and try to like abduct the kid. But it all turns out it's like so spoilers it, for, you know, anybody who has any interest in watching this movie. And I recommend you stop right now and watch this movie. Like it, it turns out that like the 12 year old has like set up this whole plot to like impress the babysitter because he wants to fuck her. Like, so he's like set up this whole like sort of abduction plot so that he can look like a hero and then like win her over. But it all goes wrong. And so he ends up just like tying her down. And so it's about it's like this like sort of like kidnap story uh, where this like 12 year old is holding this like adult girl hostage he, he's kind of like a white Yagami from uh, Death yeah, Note, you yeah. know, where he's yeah. sort of this like, like he he's like a little, he's like way more intelligent than like your regular old 12 year old, you know, and he thinks he's like, he thinks he knows all of the solutions for all the problems and he's got it all mapped out, you know, and it's just like, it's just this crazy like psychological battle between this babysitter and and her like little kid liege that she's supposed to be watching who's now holding her hostage and it's just it's it all takes place over like you know christmas eve and it's just so it's so fun and all of the actors and actresses are just like firing on all cylinders it's such a good movie like even that even billy from stranger things is in it so that's like an yeah. automatic yeah watch yeah, so even even all the stuff I said just now still doesn't like spoil the entire story. Like I think Better Watch Out is one of the best Christmas horror movies. It's so it's so fun. Like you're just it it, it never goes over the top like some of the other ones we <laughs> we've listed get get to be a little bit much at points, but like Better Watch Out never like goes too far, but it's fun and like just the right amount of tense the whole time. Uh, I I think that might be my. It has to be my favorite one that I've yeah, seen. I, I, I I'd be time. hard pressed to argue because I, if I wasn't making a Santa Claus oriented list, that would have been right up. That would have been on there, right? Yeah, which is why yeah. I was like, I knew you were kind of going for like a Santa one, which which that list is pretty pretty solid. Um, but yeah, I was like, all right, well, I gotta put you know, I gotta put better watch out on list. This is our first Christmas episode. Ever. If you're looking for it, it's on Tubi. It's on you Tubi. Know, and right if now. I if I don't include, yeah, yeah, if I didn't include my favorite one, you know, for people to watch, I would have been remiss. But yeah, so that's my uh, yeah, it would have been a disservice for the whole podcast. So that that's my Christmas list. You know, uh, the so <laughs> th- th- these are movies that I like to watch around the holidays. Um, and you know you've given me some some Santa ones, Eric, that I uh, I'm gonna have to check out because I'm aware of them, but I I haven't seen most of these, so I'll definitely be be peeping these over the break, you know. Yeah, here at Devil's Cut, uh, we're we're about to be going on a Santa fucking spree. We're about to watch so many Santa movies now. I'm so excited to show you all these. Ooh, yeah, I'm very excited. Um. But yeah, uh, so, you know, I hope that like uh, if you're listening, you've got a couple ideas for, you know, maybe stuff to pop on for the holidays uh, because we're going to be taking what, like a week, week or two break. Yeah, I think we're going to come back recover. with a, a year in review, maybe our uh, our our favorites for the year yeah. going out into the next year 
and maybe some some stuff we're looking forward to. Yeah, we'll do a 2022 review. Um, may or may not come out before or after the new year, but we'll do like a kind of sort of year year end recap. And then uh, the next episode after that will just be like whatever we think is the newest horror movie. I think that we we're just going to kick it off with something good. We'll try to hit right? a new release probably. Do another long form review, maybe. Yeah, yeah, I think that's what we'll do. But, but yeah. Um, so that's our that's our first holiday Christmas extravaganza list, sort of. Uh, just yeah, yeah, holiday Christmas extravaganza. I, you know, I hope you guys got some good ideas or suggestions uh, or stuff to listen to, uh, and and maybe you'll you'll get some ideas of things to watch. But if you all have any of your own like choice holiday movies that fit within this list. Again, always feel free to message us, uh, at, uh, devil's cut pod, uh, Twitter, uh, Instagram. You could email us at devil's cut pod at gmail.com. And, you know, we, we, I'm not, I'm not opposed to, you know, reviewing listener suggestions and like seeing, uh, you know, you know, kind of like (laughs) going back and, uh, doing some backtracking and saying, Hey, you know what? This guy had a good idea. We should have watched that movie. I would love to get some Christmas listener suggestions. Cause you know, right. We've seen a lot of the movies we've talked about. Uh, and I'm definitely thirsty for some more, you know, use these yeah. lists to torture your family and friends this holiday. Let them know you're going to be watching a Christmas movie and then don't tell them anything else. Right. <laughs> Imagine just like not knowing what Krampus was about. Oh my, that's a good one because that one's a real fucking roller coaster. That one's nuts. That one also starts off very calm too. So yeah, you could almost c- convince people that one's just a Christmas dramedy, right? But- oh, you know what? One last one last suggestion. Uh, Chris, good Christmas horror movie. That animated Jim Carrey Christmas Carol. That movie's horrifying. Oh, Nightmare Fuel. The CGI one. Yeah. If you actually want to scare children. Play them that one because that's probably scarier than most things we've suggested. <laughs> the little, the little Santa goblins underneath the Christmas pr- uh, future one. Nope. nope. Oh, it's so scary! Nope. All right, and with and with those little Santa pant goblins, we'll uh, we'll call <laughs> this one. Uh, everybody have a merry Krampus, and we'll uh, catch you in the new year. Santa pant goblins. <laughs> <laughs>